Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Movie, a curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from around the globe. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Thank you, Jack Daniels, low number seven. Tennessee whiskey got me drinking in heaven and a start to look good to me they're gonna have to deport me to the fire thank you welcome back ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the film stage show the movie review podcast for the filmstage.com as always i am your host brian j rowan with me today i've got my drinking buddies michael snydell hello i am here we also got bill graham cheers skull <laughs> and we also have a special guest with us today to talk about another round it's Fiona Underhill. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Good, thank you. Awesome. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners at home a little bit? Okay. So you can probably pick up from my accent that I am British, but um, I live in, in California. Um, I am the editor-in-chief of a website called Jump Cut Online. It's uh, a UK-based uh, film website, but obviously the nature of the internet is that it's, of course, international. Um, <laughs> so we're, a, you know, we mainly do film reviews, features, TV reviews as well, um, interviews. Uh, we produce a magazine now as well uh, and a podcast. So we've got our fingers in many, many pies. Um, I'm also a fl- freelance writer, so... I have done some writing for various other places as well. Awesome. And as I said, you are here today to help us talk about another round, the newest film from director Thomas Vintberg, um, who co-wrote the screenplay with Tobias Linnom. And this movie stars uh, Maz Mickelson. So excited to talk about that. Before we do the usual stuff, you can follow us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook, The Film Stage Show. Email us, podcastthefilmstage.com, and of course, give us a comment and rating on iTunes. What else? What else? You can become a patron of this by going to patreon.com slash thefilmstageshow. Uh, Lil's $1 an episode, you get access to our Slack channel where we talk about all kinds of nonsense. You also get first crack at all of our raffles. And of course, we are brought to you by Mubi, which is a curated streaming service that showcases films from all over the globe. Every day, movie premieres a new film, whether it's a Thomas classic, cult favorite, or an acclaimed masterpiece. It's guaranteed to be either be a movie you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before. There's always something new to discover. Speaking of discovering things, movie has a first film's first series going on right now, wherein they uh, premiere the debut feature films of a lot of really great directors. For instance, The Cruise... The 1998 uh, documentary from Bennett Miller, uh, shooting on an affordable mini-DV handheld camera. Miller captured stripped-down yet wonderfully expressive images of one of cinema's most electrifying subjects. It's actually a very interesting-looking documentary, so you should check that out. And Michael Snyder. I just like how it says affordable camera. Like, <laughs> you needed to know not only was it, you know, a, the millimeter or anything, but you wanted to know that they did it on a budget. Right. It's you like, can do it's, it it's, oh, like, oh, they shot it on a digital camera, but like it was a $4,000 one that really only six people could afford. It's like, no, it's like a Sony. <laughs> um, and you're going to be true. excited about this, Michael Snydell. 
<clears throat> Prior to making some of the biggest sci-fi blockbusters of the 21st century, Denis Villeneuve directed this French New Wave-influenced <laughs> drama, August 32nd on Earth. Premiering at Cannes, this film highlights the... Oh, I said Cannes for some reason. Premiering at Cannes, this film <laughs> highlights the striking visuals that would become Villeneuve's trademark, here presented in a gorgeous restoration. Um, there's a bunch of other great ones that are there, so you can go and check those out and you can get a free 30-day trial movie by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, it is mubi.com slash filmstage. So we usually do like a little quarantine update, see how we're all doing, but I feel like, you know, it's been a pretty quiet week and there's really probably not a lot to talk about, right? <laughs> yeah, not, nothing's happening. <laughs> You know, it's 2021 now. It's normal. Everything's fine. The election results were certified without an issue. We're just, we're all doing great, right? Bean Dad was a week ago. God, remember Bean Dad? Remember that? Oh, God. The Halcyon Day. Oh, no. Halcyon. How many times can I do that, Brian? That reminds me, I really wish, I swear, this is my second time watching another round, and I was trying so hard to remember pronunciation. Another round, not another round. <laughs> Your second round, I, another that's, round. That's, that's what I'm here for. Yep. Thank you. But I, I, I should have done phonetic uh, pronunciations because literally every name I'm going to do is going to sound like I'm drunk. So I was about to say, if I had oh. had the time, I would have watched this film once stone sober and then a second time <laughs> trying to maintain a blood alcohol content of 0.05. <laughs> I think you took the wrong lesson from this film. <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about it. I don't want to get into spoilers, but things are going pretty good for a little while. <laughs> yep. I would say the same thing. <laughs> um, but yes. So anyway, I mean, like, you know, the world's on fire. That's fine. Everything's cool and normal. Uh, I live near DC, so people are freaking out a little bit, but that's fine. Um, how's every, is everyone else just basically doing all right? <laughs> What is all right these days? That's an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> it changes from Fiona, day to day. Fiona, we haven't had, had someone from California on in in a bit. I, I don't believe. Uh, I mean, what is it? I don't know. I, I was going to say, what is it like there? But like that I is mean, such a lot. It's like, what is it like on the entirety of the West Coast? I mean, LA is uh, a hellhole at the moment. Yeah, um, I am lucky in that I live about 40 minutes outside LA. So uh, we are in quite a quiet kind of suburban area. Uh, we have like a lot of space as well where we can go for walks and stuff. So it like we're very fortunate in that we don't actually live in the city. Uh, and I haven't been to the city for a very long time for obvious reasons. I really, I really miss it. I used to like in in the before times. I used to go like two <laughs> two or three times a week. Um, but yeah, four times. <laughs> <laughs> Bit <So>, key. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so, um, I mean, my kids have not been to school since March. No, it might have even been February oh, 2020. My. So, um, but again, I'm in a very fortunate position in that I don't have like a, a day, you know, like a regular day job or an office job. So I'm at home with my kids and obviously helping them with homeschooling. 
But uh, yeah, it's, we just. Can you relate to the date? <laughs> I can, <laughs> I can, and I can on I can on lots of levels actually because I used to I used to be a teacher in the UK. I was um, a middle and high school teacher for ten years, and I can relate to a lot of things that happen in another round. Actually, I'm looking. Because... <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I need to know. Like, is so across the pond? Like, do high schoolers just get blitzed all the time, and it's totally <laughs> cool with everyone? Um, I mean, I'm so I would class U the UK as kind of Northern Europe. And I would say that the drinking culture in the UK is very similar to what you see in another round. So, so the Scandinavian, Lovely. Scandinavian drinking culture, I really recognize, like I really very much <laughs> kind of understand what I'm seeing <laughs> and have absolutely been there. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome all right well uh since we're already talking about it clearly we're excited sure. we can get into our feature review which again is of the new film another round uh this film from director thomas Vintberg. yeah i said that right um <laughs> co-written by tobias lindholm starring mads mickelson uh this movie is about a uh set of middle-aged men uh who work at a high school and uh, decide to test a theorem that a uh, man is born with a 0 0.05 blood alcohol content deficiency, meaning <laughs> that uh, they should attempt to maintain a pleasant buzz throughout the day. And the movie charts how that affects their lives. Here is the trailer. Wait, did anyone else see that it's real? That this, this is a real yeah, theory? Yeah, this is a real it, th it theorem. It is not. Yeah. yeah, it was not made up for the film. I just wanted to say that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it's I, I read a couple of articles, so I'm sure we'll talk oh, no. about that. All right, so that's the trailer for another round. Uh, we begin, as always, with our basic nutshell spoiler-free thoughts before moving into a more spoilery discussion. So let us begin with our guest, Fiona Underhill. What are your basic thoughts on another round? I did like it, um, but I didn't love it as much as some people. So uh, Michael and I have a, a mutual in internet friend called Orla, um, and she really loved Another Round. And um, so I kind of, maybe expectations were slightly too high going into it. But um, yeah, I did I did like it a lot. Um, and I've since discovered a bit more Vinterberg, um, and I can, it's definitely kind of, I can understand it in the context of his other work. So he seems very concerned with kind of masculinity and men of kind of his culture in general and kind of societal pressures on men to behave and, you know, be a certain way. And I, I think he's quite, you know, interesting in how it, he explores it. And, and Mads is amazing. I mean, that goes without saying. Of course. Bill Graham. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Uh, in terms of uh, Ventberg, uh, I had seen The Hunt previously, so uh, a very different film, uh, also starring Mads Mikkelsen. But uh, 
this is this was a, a definitely a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, I was thinking that it was going to not to get too far into spoilers, but I had just finished uh, the flight attendant last night, so I didn't know whether this was going to be about alcoholism through and through, or if it was going to gently touch on it. And it definitely has more of a deft touch on this. Um, so yeah, it wasn't necessarily a drama. It was more of kind of a wry comedy in, in certain respects. Um, with some, you know, dramatic touches here and there. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Uh, the performances across the board are really, really good. Um, I enjoyed the watching the experiment. I mean, we kind of we kind of mentioned it a little bit, but uh, yeah, watching that experiment go down um, was quite entertaining, and and seeing the differences. Um, uh, of cultures and, and things of that nature. So yeah, I really enjoyed this, uh, quite a bit. Um, definitely probably going to shoot into my top 10. All right. Michael Snydell. Yeah, I am a little more, I'm a little more mild like Fiona, which maybe strategically I invited Fiona for that <laughs> reason a little bit. This is what you're going to do. You're going to be like, ooh, I'm sure I have an unpopular opinion. Since I'm in charge of booking guests, I'm going to make sure it's someone who agrees with me. No, no, no. I, I, I will fully say I, I've wanted to have, have Fiona on for a while, and but I will say that there are some people who are extremely effusive about this movie that I could have had on. And uh, then there are a few who I think are, you know, have some more measured response. I know I'm missing drinking puns right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, more. Oh shit. What is it? Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. <laughs> measured, a measured uh, response to this, but yeah, no, I think, yeah, I, I think Mads and the cast is is the best part of this. I, I'm not as wild about the script just because I think it's overstuffed. And I think what's fascinating about Another Round to me is it keeps showing glimpses of other movies. There's part of this that feels, you know, like Dead Poets Society, Mr. Holland's Opus territory. There's parts that feel like a surprisingly gripping domestic drama if it got more time. Um, and then there's also just like, uh, you know, a, a guy's night out, mm -hmm. uh, bromance, which is, and all those things are, are fun, but I, I think ultimately what I find most interesting about this and, and why I really want to talk about it is I think this movie surprisingly has a really nuanced view towards drinking that I don't feel like you get in that many movies about this like you know this pretty much uh makes it up front that like it's in a way less about drinking than all of these problems that these men had before they turned to drinking so i i just appreciate that as much as this could lead into after school territory i think it mostly avoids that and yeah, I, and Mads can kind of do anything in in my eyes, but like just the way that he kind of locks into and out of scenes and being able to convey this pathos and then just being a fun guy who you can watch do various things like in the last scene of this film. <laughs> um, I, I, I thought it was I thought it was very entertaining. Um, I just 
I, I wish it would uh, balance things a little bit more. You could say that they could have practiced moderation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That that was your big send-off. Okay. That was the one you chose to go <laughs> it was with. terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a high-proof comedy. No. Um, so, yeah, I, I really quite enjoyed this movie. I think that it it falls down in some places – um, but generally I had a, a very good time, uh, sitting in the distillery that I co-own and work at watching this movie. Um, it was a weird sensation, uh, to watch this while sitting there amongst the literally hundreds of gallons of booze that I have produced. But, um, I mean, Mads Mikkels- did not watch this with you. No, she is still in Texas with her grandmother. Oh, so that's okay. awesome. Uh, it would have been interesting. I do so love watching foreign language films with my four-year-old. <laughs> uh, always it leads to great questions, uh, as it did during our Martin Eden watch together. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, Vinterberg, for me, I, I'm like, you know, I'm not a huge fan, but I am a fan uh, the whole Dogma 95 movement and everything yeah. is interesting to me. Um, you know, co- having taken at least one film class in, in college, you know, I definitely had to see Festin. Um, but, you know, Mads Mikkelsen is is such a great presence. Um, and it's it's just, it's great to see a movie where he is not, like weird in the fact that he's just there, like, you know, in, in Hannibal yeah, or he's Casino not a Royale, thing. it's just like, Oh, who is this? Like dapper <laughs> European gentleman yes. who might murder someone <laughs> in this. It's just like, Oh, right. Yes. I can see how he might come from a place where he could just be a slightly more handsome middle-aged man. Um, yeah. so that's awesome. I think that, uh, the, the core, my dog is scratching at my door. Um, yeah. The core quartet of guys, they have a very good chemistry that I really enjoy. And um, I think that, you know, not to get to the end of the film yet, but I think that the the domestic drama that kind of crops up later on is a little thinly sketched compared to everything else that is seen. And I do appreciate the nuance of how this film looks at like the culture of drinking, um, especially for another country that I had no concept of what their drinking culture was, but it does. (laughs) I think that one of the problems with nuances and why people hate it so much um, is that it does leave some questions about like where the lines are and what the rules should be. But I think generally, I mean, this is, this is a really fun, really well shot, well acted movie that that uh, has a lot of depth to it, and I can't wait to talk about it more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> um, right. you know, Bill, you're you're kind of I think you're one of the only people who really talked about it. Michael Snydell, like, do you have a lot of a uh, Vinterberg experience? Uh, the the one I have seen is his Far From the Madding Crowd. Wait, is it yeah. from? I can't remember the article. From, whether there's an article. Far From. Yeah, I had far seen that. Far From. Too. I just realized yeah, far that. From. Uh, I, I really like that one. I actually know that, uh, Fiona, I don't think you're a big fan of, of that one. If I'm remembering correctly, I may be. You're not a fan of Tom- Tomas Schoenertz? Matthias. Matthias. Oh, Matthias. Sorry, sorry. 
Um, well, I, I do really like that film, actually, but I do. Oh. I'm, I'm not a. I don't particularly like Shown Arts that much. Oh. Um. So yeah, he. I, I don't know what it is about him. Like I just, I'm not particularly a fan, and I think I think he was miscast in Far from the Madden Crowd, but it has my favourite score of the last decade. Oh. And yeah. and the co- the yeah. costume costume design as well I think is incredible so I'm kind of you know I don't think it's a perfect film but I do really like it um and I saw to like in the last couple of days I watched the submarine movie with Matteo Schoenartz as well and um I really liked it and um I thought he was good in it as well but again, I thought he was appropriately appropriately cast in that, as opposed to Far From the Madden Crowd. Um, and also, I think it's interesting that uh, Mads Mikkelsen plays a kindergarten teacher in The Hunt and then plays a high school teacher oh. in, in Another Round, because um, I think they're very much kind of connected, they, like those two films. I think they're they would really work as a double bill and there's a lot of sort of thematic links between them. I don't yeah. understand how I've never heard of the movie, the command. I know. It's called Kursk. Well, yeah, yeah, but, I mean, for what, it's both for one, one of the thing, other. It has, it has two names, which is never a good sign, but also it came <laughs> out in like the last year or two. And yeah. I'm really, and, and like Colin Firth is in it. I'm, and now it's oh, just sitting, wow. it, it's Colin just sitting Firth, on Max von Sydow, Leah Sadu, yes. Matthias yes. Schoenartz. And it's just sitting on Netflix now for anyone to watch at any time. Yes. <laughs> the submarine movie, Brian, it's your favorite. I do love <laughs> a good submarine movie. I, I cannot lie. I really like submarine movies and I'm shocked that I, I like, I have no memory of this film coming out whatsoever. So, uh, but it was, I thought it was very good. I think it was a flop at TIFF if, if I'm remembering correctly. And then they re edited or. Yeah, it does not, it does not seem like a TIFF movie in any way. So that's a bit weird. I am just like the stars of- and the director maybe having i mean there's definitely pictures yeah. here Interbear. that show yeah. uh premieres at tiff so weird that's weird it is weird I, that's all to say that I, i'm sorry i like I, i'm aware that he's part of that dog me 95 uh group um and that's certainly less apparent in something like far from the Madden crap far from uh, <laughs> yeah, wow you are having so much trouble saying far from the Madden crowd <laughs> No, no, no. There is a lack of. Okay, no, it is the. All right, far from the Madden crowd, that won't happen again. In far from the Madden crowd, uh, that is certainly a more, uh, you know, uh, prestige varnished film. Like it, it, it certainly has uh, a, a glow to it that this doesn't necessarily have. Even though you know, even when this is handheld, it, it still you know has a certain. Uh, burnished quality but um that's all to say i i like him but i don't think i have enough of a sense of his sensibility to really say how much this falls in line or differs yeah i feel i feel like i'm a little bit there so if this episode should miss a little bit of context in that way uh i apologize up front 
but so I, here's, I a, not... here's a here's a question that'll also help us talk about this what is sure. each of our relationships with drinking <laughs> <laughs> I, I on this podcast have made many uh I've, I've told many anecdotes and made many allusions to what i call my drinking years <laughs> and um obviously i i work at a distillery that i founded with my friend um so clearly i have a respect for and experience <laughs> in all forms of the drinking culture um a spirited enthusiasm would you say brian yes correct <laughs> nailed it michael <laughs> I'm, I'm done i'm done i'll leave it to brian <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, like, you know, that's that's where I'm at. Michael Snydell, do you uh, like to get sloshed? I, I don't like to get uh, sloshed. I, I would say my most heavy drinking periods are past me. And, I, you know, every once in a while when I drink, I get a terrible hangover. And every once in a while, nothing happens. So it's really the luck of the draw. Nothing happens um, in terms of you getting drunk or nothing happens in terms of you getting a hangover. You need to be yeah, very specific about that. Fair enough. That uh, the hangover is both temperamental and in terms of how I feel that night also can go either ways, uh, either way. So, uh, yeah, I mean, drinking was certainly a part of my college years and parts of my high school years. Um, because in this country, of course, Wait, uh, uh up you, until... you were, you were in high school and you drank beer. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I, I, yes, yes. I, I partook in the, <laughs> yeah. um, but that's all to say, yes, the, the certain drinking culture that's in here is certainly behind me. And it was, it was very funny watching this with, with my fiance. Cause like we're watching the opening scenes where they're partying on the train, the kids mm-hmm. and Emily and I were looking at each other and we're like, we would move to another car if these kids came into <laughs> our car. Cause they just were like, Oh, these kids are so annoying. And that was a reaction to a few of the, uh, yeah, a few of the party scenes <laughs> going back and forth between this looks fun. This looks terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's like what drinking is, especially in a party environment. It's just like that, that thin razor sharp edge between fun and terrible. Um, Fiona, what about yourself? You, uh, you like to get, you like to drink? <laughs> How how many hours have you got for, for my very long long history with <laughs> with the drink? Um, so, like I was saying, I come from a culture that is very very heavily kind of every part of sort of society in UK is associated with drinking. It's all all pervasive. Um, it's just a really big deal. So, like going to the pub. Uh, it's just such a part of life there drinking with meals um and getting drunk is a huge sort of factor of life from quite a young age so i would say from about 14 uh and then obviously it gets very intense at university which i know is obviously the same with like american colleges 
um but then it kind of doesn't really stop <laughs> depending <laughs> like for, for most people so um I was a, uh, a a high school teacher and a lot of the teachers were in their 20s and 30s and going out drinking together this is all the teachers was such a massive part of our kind of school environment and it was a big part of why I loved it so much so it was um, on a Friday uh, people would always go out for a drink after school and then the end the end of terms we call them terms it's a bit like a semester um, end of terms were always marked with a big party and then going out drinking afterwards um, we would sometimes go to a different city and like stay overnight and go out drinking together this is again all the teachers um, and so it was extremely kind of part of our lives our social lives and I think the pressure on men in particular in the UK and I'm guessing it's probably quite similar in Scandinavia from what I was picking up in another round it's like this it, and it doesn't matter it might sound like oh yeah but that's just when you're kind of kids or teenagers but even in your into your 20s and 30s this kind of pressure on men to drink and to drink a certain amount and to make it quite competitive so it gets it gets into this kind of one up up sort of status of who can drink the most and oh you know someone buys a round of shots and there's always pressure that everyone has one and it just it can get quite intense um on men in particular so it's oh, oh and it's kind of all associated with sport as well so the other thing is I should explain <laughs> is that is that my school was like a big it was an all-boys school and sport like rugby and football were huge aspects of the school and oh, so wow. <laughs> and so uh sport and drinking are very intertwined as well so like a rugby tour a football tour like the lads going out that kind of thing it's just all very much connected to drinking and it just it kind of permeates everything so uh, that's why, why I'm trying to explain that like I, I recognize a lot of what was going on in this film and, and that's not to say that I've ever taught drunk by the way or and like the teachers didn't come to school drunk but uh, coming to school hungover would be quite like quite normal to be honest and then also because um in the UK the drinking legal drinking age is 18 and so uh there'd be quite often that the teachers would go out together uh, to a nightclub or a pub and kids that we teach would be out as well oh god and so <laughs> um and especially there's something called a, um like a six form ball which is like a prom it's basically the equivalent of a prom so that would be a big night when like the teachers and the kids would be drinking together and so that I, I really recognize um the last scene i know we don't want to get into spoilers but there's kind um the it's the grad graduation isn't it that they're celebrating the high school kids are like celebrating graduation at the end and they're coming along and like hugging their teachers and stuff and getting their teachers involved in the dancing and that is very very recognizable to me that is i feel like there's a much okay. bigger delineation of like church and state between teachers and students yes. in america yeah like yeah. i would say that like like just like maybe in college a little bit different yeah but i yeah 
I'll, I'll touch oh, even on that then, too. I'm I'm just like no. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was so weird. It was so weird. Yep, yeah. Getting a drink with the professor is that, is that what you're referring to, Bill? I, so, well, I was gonna say like I had one professor who like you know he was an English professor and he'd he'd throw like these I don't know salons where like. <laughs> Oh, wow okay everyone's laughing at the word salon exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah so like one time i got invited along i guess i was like working my way into his inner circle and and this girl in my class is like hey we're all gonna go out to like this indian restaurant like do you want to come and i was like never had indian food sure why not and then she's like great like the t- the professor is like taking us all and i was like he's doing fucking what <laughs> It's like, yeah, he takes us out. He pays for it. Like, we all talk about stuff. I was like, talk about fucking what? Like, what is happening? And they're like, we talk about, like, poetry and plays. And I was like, I don't want to talk about that stuff after school. Like, this is the... Is uh, now a bad time to mention that one of my university courses took place in a pub. So, like, we'd meet... We'd meet the lecturer, the professor, we'd meet him in the pub and then we'd do like that particular uh, sort of session, we'd do it in the pub. That's crazy. So so one like one of my whole kind of semesters was spent, um, it was a a playwriting course. So we'd like sit around and have a pint and then we'd all bring our work and have to discuss it. And yeah, um, but like we met in the pub. Like every time we had that particular session, that's where we met. Subject <laughs> <That's laughs> related to alcohol in any sense in terms of the curriculum? No, no, no. It was just like <laughs> geometry. Oh, it was just like, well, it was like the most convenient place to meet. And we just like met in the pub and sat around a table and we'd all have a pint. Like we wouldn't get like drunk, but it just kind of like that is where the location where we met. And had a kind of like writing discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Graham, I know you like a pumpkin ale, right? <laughs> pumpkin, pumpkin beer is definitely a gateway drug for sure. Um, no, so uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of like a lot of uh, people in America, I guess. Uh, you know, I did some drinking in my high school years. Uh, got into it a little bit more in college. Uh, probably more before I turned 21 than after I turned 21. <laughs> and then uh, graduated college and started started drinking a little bit more again uh with some friends that i made back home um and yeah i uh i have a unique relationship with alcohol just simply because uh i take medication for my adhd and uh my adhd in particular has a, a pretty big effect on like my uh my ability to say no or to keep uh in certain things that I want to say uh, in in, in pr- uh, polite company uh, and things of that nature. So uh, my my uh, self-control is a little lacking, um, which has a pretty big recipe because A, it's not supposed to mix with alcohol, um, and B, because I was typically taking time-released uh, medicine, basically around the 12 hour mark, uh, it starts to wear off. So, um, you know, I would take it first thing in the morning and around five, six, seven o'clock, depending on when I woke up that day, 
it would start to kind of wear off noticeably and uh, I would get a little loosey goosey. And so combine that with alcohol and you got a, a kind of a recipe for disaster. Um, not the best oh, time. I thought to I, be- you were going to say a damn good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's the difference? That, yeah, that, that turns into quickly from uh, like, having one beer with some friends and if i'm at a party that turns into three or four uh pretty quick um whereas if i'm paying for it i'm a little bit more judicious now of like oh i'm paying for this yeah i have one thank you i'm gonna get the fuck out of here so uh it all depends on the company but yeah um so that leads me to say that it's definitely like tapered off in the last, uh, I would say five or six years. Um, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed seeing the relationship with alcohol that some of these characters have, um, in, in just terms of like, like it almost seemed like for Martin in particular, and we can kind of talk about this more, but he was almost like rediscovering the love of alcohol in a way, um, the effects and maybe kind of the, the downsides, the upsides, everything in between. Right. Um, and so it was, it was fun to watch him because it almost seemed like he was a former alcoholic before and maybe this was the first time that he had broken sobriety in a while um but it isn't quite that dramatic um and so i do want to talk a little bit about that question though because that was something i sorry but i didn't mean to interrupt but that exact thing you brought up was something i was thinking about a little bit and i feel like there was one scene that could maybe imply that with his son but I think that could very much be read either way. But, but isn't, I guess... isn't, isn't it at the meal? They go to a really fancy restaurant. And I'd like to put a point of order in here that how Please. did these, te- these teachers afford that really fancy <laughs> restaurant? I mean, it but, was um... one of their birthdays. So it almost feels like they were probably like, <laughs> it was. Split the chat. All right, fine. It was Nicolaj, who's they, really rich. Uh, so oh, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he does mention his wife is loaded. Yes. Okay. But anyway, the the first time you see them at that fancy restaurant and and it's the birthday, I think Mads is like saying no to drinks, isn't he? Like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure at that he's like, no, you know, no, I won't have anything. And he kind of, again, like I was saying about the pressure aspects, the sort of societal peer pressure to conform and like, oh, well, everyone else is having one. So I should as well. Mm hmm. Yeah, I have have a quick question in relation to that. So could it be seen, you know, I didn't really see it as an insult to the other men, but did you take that as like, that would not be just seen as a neutral, uh, a neutral choice to not drink with them? It's it's not that it's an insult. It's like, um, oh, you know, it's kind of a, a whole all related to kind of manliness. So, you know, you have to kind of prove your your kind of masculinity by by drinking anyone who's been in college and been like, I think I'm done. And then a guy turns to you and says, what are you? Some kind of, you can fill in the blank. Yeah. That's, that's what happens. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a sign of your uh, ability to basically hold your drink. And and it's that, but also like the funny thing, even if you can't hold your drink, you're still expected to be like, Oh, who cares? Like get wasted. Like we're dudes. This is what we do. So either yeah, you can't hold it or you don't have 
the balls to just I, like I rushed a frat in in a last life. I, I know what this is oh, like. Jesus. I just wondered if it was a different. This is the craziest thing that's ever been said on this podcast. <laughs> you did what? Wild, Michael. That is wild. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> We've got frat boy Michael was, Snydell here. <laughs> oh, it was yeah. It was it was a time. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh boy. That is the I, most. I, I, you've ruined the podcast. How do we even move on now, knowing that you I, once I rushed a fret? No, no, no. It wasn't rushed. What's what's before rushed? And then I changed I my mind before rushing. No, you you like, rush was, and like, then you looking, pledge, right? I okay. No, then I rushed. <laughs> yeah. Did you participate in drinking and activities with this fraternity? Yes, to ingratiate then, then that's, with yes. people I didn't like very much. Yes, yeah, you you did exactly what it, what it sounds like. Yes, yep. you rushed. Mm-hmm. I just wondered if it was a different gesture in the UK or uh, that it had some other, you know, cultural uh, sorry context that I was missing. That that's essentially what I was asking. I know it's a thing. The fact that it's his birthday would add like a layer of pressure, though. It's like, oh, you know, we've come out to celebrate and I'm spending a lot of money. You know, it would definitely be kind of implied that caviar tastes much better with vodka, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Chilled vodka. I mean, it must. That's where it's from. It's Russian. You have to. Although the the caviar wasn't from Russia, they definitely said German. So I was like, yeah, oh, but you know, okay. they, they belong together. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so generally, like you know, I guess kind of, like looking at the way that we've all experienced drinking, um, it's 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 kind of nice that the movie has that same kind of view of it. Because like I heard about this movie, and I was like, this is gonna be like some weird teetotaling, like moralistic scold. But the movie mm-hmm. actually does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, the movie. Act- but then it, my other concern was like, or is this going to be like the, the, the world's <laughs> worst, like upside down world version of that? Where it's going to be like, yes, right. yeah. what the world needs now is booze, sweet booze. <laughs> All you need is suds. Um, but like, uh, like I said, it it is interesting to me to see the way that it's it's kind of like it's true like i don't want to be the guy who's on a podcast being like yeah you perform better socially if you're a little buzzed but like depending on like so one of the things that i did in college is um i had a class where every now and then for whatever reason this class was just all about like making people stand up in front of the class and giving presentations and every time i had to do that i would um go to the bar where a friend of mine works and i would order uh like there was a special on like the tuesday or whatever when this class was and it was like you get a slice of pizza and a beer for like five dollars so i would go there i would do that i would also get a shot of whiskey (laughs) at like i don't know 11 30 in the afternoon or it's not even afternoon 11 (laughs) 30 just whenever lunch was and then i would do that and then i would go to that class and i would perform wonderfully and like it, it really was one of those things where I was like, no, this is not me. Like, I don't, I want to get drunk. It's like, I need this. Cause I am not good at speaking in front of crowds. I'm not good at like speaking extemporaneously. Like my anxiety is going crazy. I have to get just a tiny little bit of lubrication <laughs> for this to work though. 
I don't know how I would have felt if my teacher had told me to do that. Uh, <laughs> should we get into spoilers and talk about some of these specific scenes? Yeah, so like, uh, that's... talking around. It's, it's, it is... <laughs> yeah, I'll let's, just say let's, like... Let's the, order around. Let's yeah. go. Oh, let's go. Talk the seal. <laughs> yeah, break the, uh, break the seal. Um... But yeah, so I just, shut, you know, like shut, I was saying, shut, shut. Bill, do you know how close that was to being the opening songs for this? <laughs> you better do what a life for the ending. I swear to God. <laughs> uh, no, I will not tell anyone what the ending song is. You'll have to hear it yourself. Let's hop into spoilers. But yeah, I well, think. it's like just spo- spoiler, spoiler wise. I mean, the movie kind of runs the risk of being what I feared it was with the way that it kills off Tommy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Tommy, who I feel is the guy who got like the least amount of shading, and so yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he he seemed to really kind of take off on the on the drinking because it also seems like he's the one he's the reason that uh the, the beer was or the alcohol was found inside the gym locker In the depot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's like, had what the fuck? So dude? many bottles. It feels. <laughs> yeah. It really feels like he probably had a problem <laughs> That's before. A good scene though. <laughs> and like That's, that this that this was just like an excuse for him, and he had been wasted. But I mean, like, it's just it's a little. I don't I don't quite know what to make of the whole Tommy thing because like. I just feel like I don't know a lot about his personal life. I mean, he he was able to to reach specs and get him to score a goal, you know. <laughs> so that's nice. But like, yeah, like just like I didn't see. I guess he doesn't have a family. Like, I just I don't know. It was it was weird that yeah, like it was, it was Matt Matt he wants or a something wife. like yeah, yeah. he had he had dog. somebody yeah yeah. And so, uh, she, or it, it sounds like it's a woman, but it sounds like she moved on. And so now he's just kind of all alone with his old, like decrepit dog that he has to help <laughs> urinate. Like that Jesus, <laughs> that poor dog. Yeah. <sighs> Wait, I, I, I did just realize something too about Tommy is Tommy, all of his, almost all of his material is like the drunk pratfall stuff. Like everyone else gets a scene in class, but even his scene as a coach is very much like, oh, this is just a play on like, you know, almost the the roided out like uh, military sergeant barking <laughs> coach who's just a little more drunk than usual. But like, it, like he but doesn't. The thing really... is, he still he still it still works. <laughs> No, I I know, but I'm just saying he doesn't even get the pathos that everyone else is given or even a, like a little bit of crisis in the way that, you know, even like I, I would also say Nikolaj doesn't get quite as much. But I think it's also it's very weird what they do with his wife, which a bizarre trivia thing. It's it's weird Fiona mentioned Orla earlier because Orla actually interviewed Mads Mickelson for the site. Mm. And um yeah. And he um he was saying, I believe, that uh that is Thomas Vinterberg's wife, is Nikolaj's <laughs> wife. Oh. Um in, in this movie. So she wanted to be that role. <laughs> which is fascinating to me. <laughs> 
things. Like, oh yeah, I read the script. You know what? Can I be the person who gets peed on? I was about to say, you're sure about this? The, the one who gets peed on? That's all right. <laughs> she does get that amazing scene where uh, where the the men are right about to test their maximum BAC, and she's like, I, she gets this great line where she's like, "Oh, are you just gonna goof off with your friends?" And just the way she delivers the line, <laughs> just walks away, is, is so perfect. <laughs> I will say, uh, in that scene, I was super excited because the second that I saw the oranges, I was like, oh my God, they're going to make Sazerac. <laughs> and then they did. And uh, for anyone who hasn't had a Sazerac, it's delicious and uh, you should try it out. That's all I've got to add. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Very thematically relevant. Yeah. No, I mean, like, again, I, you know, you can go on to uh, my distillery's website, schmidtspirits.com and uh, find a <laughs> recipe for a Sazerac that you can make. With our rye whiskey. And it's true. They say it is legitimately all liquor. Like there's not even like a splash of something else in it. It's just mm. straight. Like, like a long no... island iced tea. Right. Where they just like put like the barest amount of like a uh, soda or something in it. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> basically... uh, do you guys ultimately feel that the the tone and the choices here are are balanced enough? in terms of whether it condones or condemns drinking, do you guys feel like it lands on either side? I think it, it lands in a place of like, you know, personal responsibility. I think that it clearly thinks that a bunch of, you know, 40 ish men binge drinking for an entire night is a stupid (laughs) idea. But like, you know, I, I, the one thing I will say is that I don't know. It just seems like a lot of Mads's like history lessons that we see are very centered around drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so He's I'm just curious. Like, historical figures were degenerates. And that's yeah. why you should pay attention to that. And I'm like, maybe we should see at least one thing where he just describes <laughs> how a battle went. You know, like, just because right now he really does seem like a guy who hasn't had a drink in a while, takes a drink, is like, you know what fucking rules <laughs> is this shit right here? This is, have you tried this? It's called Budweiser. <laughs> but I mean, generally I think that the movie ca- like shockingly in a way that like an American movie could not do takes like a very measured look at drinking. Like, so I was thinking about this. This is the type of movie that like 20, maybe even 10 years ago, we would hear about it getting like uh, a remake with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Yes. And it would be. (laughs) Yes. That absolutely would happen. (laughs) It would be more of a straight comedy. It would also have Wolf Arrow. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Oh, yeah. I we, mean, we just got a Force Majeure uh, remake that no one watched yes. last year, Downhill. That's like, but was, so was that, I feel like my, like what I heard about that was that it still tried to keep like the bite though, right? Yeah. So, I, like, I but, did not see it, but yes, I heard similar But I'm things. thinking like, this would be like broad comedy, <laughs> like, very more Pratt Falls, and well. then like yeah. the third act would be Vince Vaughn trying to convince some poor woman who's the star of a sitcom and thought this was going to be her big break that he's still in love with her. <laughs> Jesus, someone Christ. would go to rehab for sure. Yeah, 
Like, I don't know what it is about America. Uh, you know, it's the one flaw that we have, but we just are not good. <laughs> We're not good at nuanced portrayals of moral issues. You know, it's just it doesn't work that way. No. <laughs> it's good to laugh. <laughs> so so let's let's talk about whether he was or wasn't an alcoholic in his past um and whether he was sober so it seems like at least his friends don't seem to note anything special about the fact that he drinks right like it it definitely seems more of not that he's holding off because he just doesn't want to drink, but more because he drove and he mentioned something about like, you know, I'm not going to be out late. And they mention they kind of, you know, poke fun of him. Uh, fun of him a little bit they're like you know the germans that that created your vehicle you know they they drink and drive all the time yeah, i think russians they, yeah russians, russians drink yeah. and drive <laughs> and so you know they're they're like okay come on like y- you'll be fine with a drink which of course like as soon as he starts drinking a little bit of wine it almost seems like a it's the alcohol a little bit that he's like like luxuriating in but then he just starts fucking chugging the wine and uh they kind of notice and pick up on this too and they're like okay what's going on like is is everything okay and (laughs) that's when he kind of breaks down oh that's such a great scene by the way yeah and the reason i'm saying that i don't think he was an alcoholic in his past or and had you know a, a period of sobriety necessarily is because nobody at the home necessarily mentions anything he's not hiding any of the liquor or the wine or anything like that that definitely if someone had broken sobriety would have like a hip flask or probably something more intricate than that right they wouldn't have their vodka in in the uh in the ice maker because like that's where you put the vodka right drinking yeah why is he drinking smirnoff when he first drinks? <laughs> uh, you so know much. i guess i guess he had to he 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 wanted to see how long this experiment if was it doesn't gonna last. work and you got to throw it out you don't want it to be yeah. something good yeah <laughs> there is there is a recent american uh, sort of counterpoint to this actually which is the the way back the ben I always say Beneflex name weird, so you can have a quick laugh at how I say Beneflex. Beneflex. Uh, Beneflex. <laughs> yes, yes. Beneflex. Is, is, is um, that on Netflix? I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm just making fun of the way you say it. It's okay. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, ha- I do say it weird. But, um, yeah, that's kind of a counterpoint, I guess, to this, in terms of, like, an American portrayal of an alcoholic. And I was just thinking what you were saying about um, him not really hiding it because Benefleck, he um, has, like, a, a co- I think it's, like, a thermos, coffee thermos yeah. in his yeah. car, and he's, like, drinking it out of that. And, you know, he's obviously drinking during the day while he's working in construction, which is <laughs> such a good idea, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, anyway, that, it just reminded me of the fact that we kind of have had an American depiction of it quite recently, and it wasn't too bad. No, it wasn't. I mean, no. It wasn't. You know, it it did manage to kind of 
show, I guess, some uh, nuance, I guess, you know, as related to alcoholism. Well, Although I, think- I guess it's more, it's more just kind of, it, this is bad pretty much from the start. Right, because I, I think there's a difference between like problematic drinking, which is yeah. like self-medicating <laughs> yeah. like Ben Affleck is doing in The Way Back. And sure. And and this movie, which is one of the reasons, actually, that I think that Tommy might have been the person that might have had more of a struggle with it. Because, like, again, Mads Mikkelsen seems to be doing fine. And Tommy, on the other hand, is, like, hiding it all over. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, that. it's the hide it. When you're hiding it, that's when there's a problem. And I don't think and that having... Is- too though in his office and in drawers and there's there's a little bit of weird stuff in him sniffing it that's just i don't like him sniffing it his whole (laughs) so i once was at a party and we had dry ice and someone was like what you got to do is you got to drop the dry ice in the alcohol and then just inhale the vapors (laughs) and like they did it and they're like i think it's working and i'm like i think you're killing your brain with the off gassing of carbon monoxide like what the hell's wrong with you oh, yeah my. well like like i don't know that, that that seems like a dumb experiment that you can google instead of performing it on yourself like why why don't you just fucking go in safe mode on your on your phone and just google that shit like instead of yeah anyways i mean there's uh, there for as long as there has been any kind of drug there have been novel ways to try to drink it i feel like there was one time maybe like when i was in college or right out of college that people were claiming that people were filling a shot glass with vodka and then putting it up to their eye <laughs> like am i the only one That's who remembers that heard of. <laughs> and then I'm there's no that then there's the concept about of orifices right but butt jogging eyes. yeah yeah and, and other places but yeah Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, that's horrifying. Um, yes. <laughs> toxic shock syndrome is a real thing. Uh, don't do that. Um, so yeah. So it, uh, you know, trying to read into like them, their pasts and everything is, it's also a little hard because clearly this is a much more permissive society when it comes to alcohol because yeah. these kids are doing this and I'm like, ha college I've been there. Yep. And then they're just like, oh, you know, if we don't get good grades, we're not going to go to university. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> uh, didn't I just see you having a mini Spring Breakers reenactment on a bus? Yep. Yeah, well, so it's it's very, that it's is, very strange. That is normal. Well, it, it, it's, it's normal someplace because, because that is the argument here in America. Not not to go too far down the weeds into another su- uh, subject, but I mean that is the argument in America is that there are a a lot of drunk driving incidents and things like that, uh, particularly surrounding teenagers, because they have to hide the fact that if they drink, they're drinking with a party or drinking with some friends. And then, you know, oftentimes they have to come home at some point. And so they, you know, and this is before the rise of Uber and and things of that nature. So I'm not sure what it's at like now. um, But, you know, there is a level of social responsibility that you don't learn because you're not underneath your parents' control while you're drinking alcohol legally. Now, you know, in America, you can, of course, I think still your parent 
can I think if you're over like 15 or 16 can buy you like alcohol at like a restaurant. I think that's still a thing. Um, but I think that's by state. But it's I, by I state. And as a person who has worked as a waiter. <laughs> Almost every time that someone tries that, I just say, oh, no, we can't do that here because, <laughs> because the rules are so nuts about it. It's yeah. just like, yeah, why don't you just not do that? Why don't you just get a <laughs> bottle on the way home if you want to drink with your child? And so and so the, there's there's a certain level of like, OK, w- w- at what point does a adult that turns 21 learn the social responsibility of drinking and what all that entails not drinking too much uh how to you know uh navigate driving getting back home getting back to wherever you're going things of that nature right and so that's why there's kind of been a push uh at least you know here and there every few years of like hey let's bring it down to 18 so at least you know high schoolers can get a little bit of experience before they go off in college uh you know oftentimes without their parents supervision and just get fucking banana blitzed right because you go to college and you're just you just start binge drinking because you have no yeah so like it's interesting my grandfather when he was in the navy um they were stationed in california which i think uh, this is during world war ii um and i think um i think at that point california was like the only place in america that had a 21 age Mm -hmm. limit for drinking because for the longest time a lot of places it was 18 yes it was like the 80s and so he had a little sideline uh, making fake proof of uh, age for people on his ship uh, because <laughs> his whole argument was like, look, these guys are going to go die in the Pacific. They should at least be able to have a drink first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. But and, it's and still no, weird it, to that, see that's, it. That's, that's still still you know, today, but yeah, it has become such a weird thing in American society that has shifted very quickly. Where it's like, if, if teenagers are openly drinking, it's like, Whoa, what the fuck's going on here? You know? Um, especially if it's not centered around like, you know, some kind of party, you know, these, these teenagers are definitely getting drunk out in the open and like mingling with other like adults that would probably be like scolding them if it wasn't, you know, permissible, you know? So yeah, it's, it's definitely weird to see them like show back up to school and talk about <laughs> university. And you're like, wait, how Especially when he, and then it's not even like, it's like, Oh, it's like a shameful secret. And we don't really talk about it. He's just like, all right, you kid in the back. How many do you have a week? Yeah. And the guy's like, you, I don't you know, 50 ish. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and 50, I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? Please God. Don't tell me that's 50 beers. The unit. That's like, yeah, I think, I think it is. No, I, I something something tells me it's it, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have I have I'm literally I'm looking it up. Yeah, look up what a unit of alcohol is, Michael. I, I'm I'm looking I'm um, looking. But well, Michael, size, so it might be eight ounces. But like that's not a proof gallon, you know. Like eight yeah, ounces of no. beer is different from eight ounces of wine is different from eight ounces of liquor. Yeah, and, and that, that's why it changes probably. Yeah, but. So, um, I do want, so I I just, again, just to actually, we're doing a lot of interesting talking about drinking culture, which I love. Um, but Uh, I do want to ask, like, what are your, what are your thoughts on, I can't even remember the, the, the guys, is it Peter who tells that one kid who clearly has an anxiety disorder that like he should drink 
Well, I, I think I think it's I think it's definitely funny because we have to understand that there is a an idea, especially here in America, with a lot of other drugs that are uh, very much banned, and you know, marijuana is kind of on that cusp of of getting unbanned, kind of nationwide here, uh, probably in the next probably I'd say ten years or so. Um, but we have this idea that alcohol isn't a drug because it's legal, right? And it's very much a fucking drug. Um, it's same thing with tobacco, or, or I said that weird, uh, tobacco <laughs> and same thing with a lot of other things, right? These are drugs. And, uh, no, but this isn't the U S it's, it's Denmark. So at, at a certain I, I, point, some of these, some of these expectations, uh, it seems like, seems like we have to make a, a little bit of a, a jump. I, I think it's almost more productive to discuss like uh, whether uh, whether it seems like the based on reactions from other things, whether uh, Peter giving Sebastian uh, alcohol is something that would be as taboo as it is here. Like I, I think at a certain point, some of our uh, some of the U.S.'s beliefs about alcohol don't uh, apply in and, and, and i well, feel I mean, like some of the stuff in the film is like at least to me seems kind of intentionally bleary uh, about this uh excuse the adjective but like an adjacent question that i think is interesting is we don't totally know oh, how long this experiment goes for yeah. are, are we are we just jumping over the question that brian a asked Well, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm a little bit confused how why, why we're specifically talking about uh, why we're talking about U.S. Uh, beliefs in relation that, to that's that's fine well i was just thinking on on only, like a purely character level yeah. like is it yeah, and, and, like what does yeah. it say about him and and what happened in the experiment that he's like you know maybe we like shut it down but like is it good for a little while like it is that part of the the kind of nuance uh, and amb uh, well, ambivalence, I guess, works that we like about this movie, or is it is it like a, an issue that we need to talk about? Like, are we <laughs> supposed to see that as a problem, or are we supposed to see that as like him understanding the social utility of alcohol? Well, I I think it's definitely provocative. I think a lot of things that happen mm. in the film are provocative, mm. um, and. It is. I think it is meant to be a sign that he is taking the experiment too far, and it is kind of spiraling out of control a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it wouldn't be acceptable anywhere that a teacher would suggest that a kid drink or that they provide them with drink. That definitely wouldn't be acceptable, um, especially if they're actually in the school when that's happening. Um, but at the same time, I think if this kid was prescribed anxiety medication, I think nobody would bat an eye, right? And we wouldn't know that. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily be part of his like curriculum that we know that X kid is on, you know, anti anxiety pills or anything like that, you know. Um, so I think I think it's interesting because you know there is a taboo around the fact that like alcohol has certain benefits and certain drawbacks and that's kind of what i was talking about or leading up to talking about was you know it's definitely a drug so if a drug a prescription drug can be prescribed to some 
body. You know, it's taken in certain doses at certain timings and things of that nature. I don't see why alcohol would be any different. It's just because it is it isn't a over the counter or under the counter drug. It's a little bit more taboo. And, you know, the timing over the bar. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit uh, the timing issue is probably a little bit more uh, a suspect. Uh, it almost seems like in a way that e- even the way that like Brian was describing his own uh, uses of it during his yep. tests or before speeches, it's almost a I would call it performance enhancing drug, maybe like it's, it's like in, in it's an inhibitor inhibitor is that the right word it's like you know it takes away your inhibitions yeah exactly Um, but the 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 problem with alcohol is the uh is the fact that and it's demonstrated in the film is that hardly anyone can actually do it in moderation and they can't (laughs) stick to the dosage that they're supposed to have right i mean hardly any of them actually end up sticking to that and obviously it starts to spiral right and it's i think that you know, if it can be said that there's a point at which this film, like, you know, when their experiment goes off the rails, I don't know why they decided they needed to go to the ignition no. point. Yeah, that was so dumb. And I don't <laughs> understand what was going on there. And at, at a certain point, I thought maybe Martin was just there to to observe and like take notes because it, it, we, we do have to mention something hilarious that is going on is Nikolaj, who is the uh, kind of like psychology professor at their at their school. Right. Um, he's kind of positing this as like a live going experiment. Like, OK, if we're going to do this like let's fucking do it right right like, it's like oh it's, if i make a spreadsheet it's not a problem <laughs> yeah yeah and so like they're journaling this in like a vernacular that has like this academia feel to yeah. it um like they're actually doing like this big social experiment and at first it seems like everything is kind of going well and i will say the the fact that I think two out of the four uh, professors actually have like a a blood alcohol content uh, uh, blower. I don't know what 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 the fuck is that thing called? It's like a mini breathalyzer. Yeah, a, a breathalyzer. Like the fact that they even go that far is a hilarious, and B just reminds me of like what a professor would kind of like do, right? Like if they're gonna do the <laughs> yeah. experiment, they're gonna go all the way, right? Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it's definitely hilarious to see that kind of uh, as the guys. It's like, oh, like, it, it, yeah, it, the, the best part is is probably that first opening sequence when uh, they all realize that Martin has been day drinking at work and they're like, all right, let's have some beers and let's fucking talk about this. Like, are <laughs> we going to do this? <laughs> it's like, I thought we were just bullshitting back in, in when we were drunk on Gaviar. Well, it's fun like, for what's, it, what's funny for me is the movie it like it has like shades of like limitless or flatliners like it's it's <laughs> yeah. yes Again, it's it's a performance enhancing drug, right? At at (laughs) at certain limits, you know, it's it's like any drug, right? If 
take too much of it. And, and that's the thing is it is so easily accessible that they can they're, – they're not prescribed a certain amount, right? They, they do actually in the first part of the film, they do seem to hold themselves to, okay, no drinking after 8 o'clock, and, <laughs> which is hilarious because they're like – only day drinking and it's like what <laughs> like, well you and need to and the only thing as a model definitely the <laughs> best model for alcohol <laughs> yeah before before fucking vehicles were invented like what the hell is going on here <laughs> first uh, this is the unnecessary but heavy was definitely around when vehicles were invented many of his books involve <laughs> them yeah cars oh, oh i didn't realize cars? are you kidding me he like fought in the in World War One ish areas, he was in the Spanish Civil War, right? Am I? Yeah, I, I'm just thinking of him up and down on the tugboats, but I could be uh, mistaken. Are you thinking of else. Mark Twain? There we go. I'm thinking of Mark Twain. Sorry. <laughs> what is happening right now? Anyway, uh, now that America's greatest satirist got confused with. I don't even know how to explain Ernest Hemingway. (laughs) Oh my God. Anyway. um, Oh, I broke. (laughs) What do I even say now? But yeah, it's interesting that it does like with flatliners where it's like, Oh, what if we push the limit? Like, what if we do it again? Like, but we're again, we're, we have like the sheen of like, Oh, it's a research thing. Like, that's why it's fine if we do this. Cause it's for those who come after. So I liked that. It was interesting to me to be like, yeah, that, but with drinking. And just the way that it kind of serves as like uh, an inlet to like, it's not quite about the drinking. It's about what the drinking takes out of your way or puts in your way. And and for Martin, mm-hmm. it takes out a lot of the the, the fear and the, the, the concerns that he's had that have held him back. And... What what I like is when he says, like, there's something happening here. Like, even when I'm sober, I feel better. And yeah. I think it is just like you have, like, a couple of good days and it's like a window into something. And it's if it's <laughs> just because of a glass of wine, it's something you could probably replicate without it. Sure. But Tommy doesn't feel that way. <laughs> but you won't walk into the door frame, which was extremely oh. funny. And I have done completely sober. So... oh my god um but yeah so okay the i guess my final question would be like what do we make of the dissolution and then possible uh reconciliation in martin's marriage i i i definitely agree with michael and and i think brian you've mentioned it as well i think i think that is kind of the weakest link of this film mm-hmm. um but it's also like really fucking sad like it it just sounds sad because it sounds like they've definitely kind of grown apart and it doesn't sound like i, I think early on he asks her if he's boring and she says something along the lines of you're not the man that I first met and I was just like, holy shit. Like that says so much and so little in, in just a a line Mm -hmm. that I I was like, Oh, they, they're definitely going to have to like go down that road. Like they can't, they can't like not turn over that leaf and they end up doing a, a decent job of it. But man, it, it doesn't have nearly the power that that kind of line 
does because ultimately I think this film is mainly in service of this story about them, you know, doing running this experiment and seeing how it goes off the rails because they just, you know, they're, they're like, well, if this is good, why not more? And they just keep going down that route. Um, it, it does seem like Martin is the one that has the best hand on all of this. Well, yeah, um, again, because he was he was even going to turn away. He's like, I don't need to do this ignition point bullshit. Like, why yeah, is this sure. even an idea? But he's and that I was just a little confused as to why he came back, because that's a moment that does seem like something an alcoholic would do. But I think uh, there was a part of him that just liked the camaraderie. I, I, I think he's he's addic- more addicted to his friends yeah. and be, being part mm. of that group. Yeah, that 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 sequence when they are post uh, birthday celebration and just like just jacking around, I I really enjoyed that because it's it's always fun. Uh, at the older you get seeing them like mess around with each other and not be as limber as they probably used to be, but still like, I I love that. Like Tommy at one point is like drunkenly, like trying to slide tackle them and like (laughs) failing miserably. Like you can just tell his coordination is not where it used to be probably 20, (laughs) 30 years earlier. And so he's just trying to slide tackle and it just looks like he's trying to kneel over and then fall. And I'm just like, that's that's not quite it, man. Not quite it. Um, but yeah. Huh. I, I no. I, it's um. It, it is interesting. I, I I hadn't I hadn't necessarily thought about this idea of of being addicted to friends like that. There is a certain sense that like the only one that's really dealing with specifically alcohol in a way is Tommy, as he right. is you know kind of the classic alcoholic but i i think one thing that especially uh, felt ambiguous to me is uh, uh jonas his older son when he finds him at the neighbor's house I, I i think that his reaction to that is like oh this was inevitable and you do get the immediate scene after that where they're eating dinner and annika asks him to explain what happened and, uh, you know, you get the two kids saying, like, everybody knows that this is happening. But, like, I that could obviously be interpreted as everybody knows this has been happening this school semester. Or mm-hmm. everybody knows you've returned to some uh, previous alcoholic oh, I... or, or anything like that. And I, the one thing, other thing I'd like to say is in that first scene, you know, his his, I think it is Tommy. Uh, says to Martin, you know, you used to be a little shit, which doesn't necessarily mean that he was an alcoholic, but a troublemaker in, in his earlier years. Yeah, I would say that I, I read that with the kids is like, uh, everyone's been pretty certain that you've been drinking because you're not usually this cool. Like maybe not in that glib of a way, but it didn't, it didn't strike me as like, everybody knows that you've got a problem with drinking. It's more like, yeah, there's been talk about the fact that you're just like a little more fun. Well, and it's uh, been fine I mean, for now, but like you might have gone overboard when you decided to literally drink to the point that you couldn't stop drinking. 
Yeah, I, I think I think the fact that uh, the no smashing scene happens before this sequence, right, mm-hmm. is is kind of indicative of. And I, I love I love those morning kind of uh, jaunts because a uh, if we if if I remember correctly, he's taking like an Uber now. Granted, it looks like yeah. it's a Tesla, but uh, yeah, he definitely like Ubers over there, so he's at least intelligent enough to understand that like it probably not a good idea to drive at that point of his, his, uh, drunkenness, but he definitely shows up to school like, like pretty damn buzzed. And the other teachers that are in on the experiment are like looking at him, like, like watching a fly about to hit a fucking, uh, (laughs) electric uh, thing. You know, it's just like, Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, I mean, he said like, I'm not going to drive or I'm not going to drink because I have to drive. And that was like, you know, when they were at the uh, the restaurant, I'm like, you could have a mm-hmm. glass of wine. The I think actually this is something that I meant to say. I don't think he ever really had a problem with um, like drinking. I think that he he did just become like a boring person, not just in terms <laughs> of like he he sucks, but like that he, he lost he his had, passion. Right, he lost his passions. He lost his like sure. desire to take any enjoyment from life or make any enjoyment. Life. He orders a soda and tells them not to put a lemon in it. And it's not a Coca-Cola. It appears that's, to that's, be soda oh, water. That's me. That's me. I, I do that. I don't right. want your fucking lemon. Oh, no. You gotta have that lemon. <laughs> I mean, like, but that's the thing. He's like, I'll have a soda water. Um, Please don't put a thing that could put flavor into it. <laughs> <laughs> adding a lemon is is literally the joke of LaCroix that everybody mentions like like the hint of lemon like fuck off I don't want that like give me give me like squeeze that lemon in there or or don't even add it no I, I disagree Wait, LaCroix is, is a soda that's LaCroix haunted snacks. by the memory of a lemon <laughs> key lime LaCroix is amazing uh, no, I need you all to admit that LaCroix is bad. I'm not. It, no. It's terrible. <laughs> no. Thank you. I, I, I can't do this. <laughs> I have, I have. this go on too long. I mean, I think LaCroix is terrible because I make, uh, you know, full flavored alcoholic <laughs> drinks for people who know what they're doing with their life. <laughs> I still would love some. I don't know why you can't just break the law and send it to me, Brad. Uh, if we ever get distribution in Chicago or you know Illinois, I will. I will let you know. Y- you know, Michael, it would probably be best if you take those conversations offline. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, as soon as Brian says yes, I will send you some. There's, you know, come on. I'm gonna get prosecuted for drinking in high school as well. I, I hope there's some statute. <laughs> you're, 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 Michael, you are dangerously close to being Tommy right now, and and telling the kid, the other kid, to give him his water because this kid Specs forgot his his drink, and the kid's just like, why don't you just give him your drink? <laughs> Like, no, I, I'm never putting you on the field ever again. <laughs> I couldn't figure out if he called those kids pissants because he was drunk or because those kids were pissants. Like, <laughs> like, I wonder if that's just him being that that's just Tommy being Tommy. You know, he hates children. <laughs> um, are there any I mean, we could probably talk about this movie for for a long, long time because we just keep getting drawn on tangents about the concept of drinking and our own history with it. But like, Michael, is, d- didn't didn't you have something? Because uh, I know when 
Brian asked that question. I thought I thought you kind of uh, jumped in with a, a different question that I kind of steered us back towards Brian's. Um, no, it was it was more just um, I, I find, especially the second time, I was trying to find specific signifiers, and this might be my ignorance about weather in Denmark, but <laughs> it's not immediately clear. I, I think this is over at least a whole what would be considered a, in U.S. a semester or even over a whole school year. Like, I, I think it's, it, it's, I mean, I think it's very intentional that the movie feels condensed in a way that you don't have a sense, you know, when, you know, at a certain point they're just drunk all the time. So you don't have a sense of how much time has passed. But I sure. that is something I go back and forth on whether I would like that context and or wouldn't, because I think if you did have that context, you can do a little bit better with some of the family stuff. And like, I, I, I do want to say, I very much agree with you guys that the Martin and uh, Annika stuff is is the weakest like material on the paper. But I actually think uh, Maria Bonave, who plays Annika, mm-hmm. like I, I think she's great in like the three scenes she actually you know gets some actual material. Yeah, like their meeting at the uh, the restaurant is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 I, I I think you know what maybe that's a little bit more like this is a missed opportunity, but I think that some of the things they were trying to do for uh, effect uh, might have turned on them a, a little bit. So I, I I'm just curious, like did did that uh, sense of time bother you at all, or did it <laughs> did it work for you in the sense that you just kind of go with it? I, I guess. Well, I, I think the initial kind of Martin uh, uh, problem that arises is the parents have like a teacher parent conference with him and basically yes. tell him like, like, hey, our our kids exams are about to come up and like the kids at least are telling us basically that they keep flunking your tests. So, you know, you need to do something about this. So it definitely seems like it's in the middle of a semester because otherwise it wouldn't feel as frantic as it does. Um, but yeah. But ultimately like like they do come back from winter break and it it seems like they come back from winter break and then he's like, "All right, exams, kids." And I'm just like, "Wait, that seems like a bad idea. Like, I know what happens during winter break generally. Now, I don't know if that winter break aligns with Christmas or not, and probably it doesn't because they're in a different hemisphere, and uh, you know they may not even celebrate Christmas in wait, Denmark. Wait a or second, some form of it. They're in a different hemisphere, but they're not. They're not. They're, they're not in a different hemisphere. No, they're in a they're, different. No. Yeah, they're in. They're in northern hemisphere. Yeah. No, they're in. Yeah, what I'm saying is they are not on the <laughs> other side of the equator, so the seasons aren't swapped. I didn't think they were swapped, but I I didn't have a sense of uh, what the coldness suggested about the part of the year. But you know what? Maybe I just answered my question, considering they're in the same hemisphere. So, well, I mean, <laughs> they may run a little bit cooler, though, right? Like. Sure the earth is not sitting on like a, a perfect axis. Right. But it's not going to be like a balmy 90 degrees during sure. December in Norway. Okay. But, uh, Fine, so I, but I don't, I don't know when their winter break is, is what I'm saying. 
Yes, I have no idea. It could be for all I know, it's in February. Um, and, and, it, and it seems questionable why you would have tests right after winter break. That seems like a bad idea. There's certain yeah. things that happen in foreign movies that I have to just like sit back and say, <laughs> I'm just going to assume this would make sense to someone who lives there, you know? Yes. And that's, that's goddamn one of them. I just didn't think about it and I didn't care. Like <clears throat> I, I let concepts of like time <laughs> just get away from me. I just like, <laughs> Like every time I'm in, every time I'm watching a movie that takes place in the UK and they're talking about like O levels or A levels and I'm just like, yep, yep, no idea what that is. Not going to look it up. Just going to assume that from context, I will understand. Sure, but it's also bizarre that the kids were brazen uh, and parents were brazen enough that they wanted to change parents before. You mean teachers? <laughs> exams. <laughs> change teachers. <laughs> yes. Fucking swingers over there. It's, it's, been, it's been a long, yeah. Uh, yes, change teachers. That that still seemed beyond the pale for me. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? I believe that i i fully believe that have you not like ever watched television like have you not listened like no i i've never watched television the concept of shitty entitled students and parents worried about their kids future and thus like talking to a school like that's literally what happened in the dead poets society i i I did (laughs) want one of the kids in that class and just to like raise his hand and go I'm making an A. I read the things that he tells me to, <laughs> and then I take my tests and I I ace everything. So I don't think that's I the problem. Though. I think the problem is that he's he's just like incoherent. Like he doesn't have a concept sure. of what he's talking about. Like he yeah, and, is, and they inter they interrupt him at at one point, and they're like, "Are we still talking about?" Because he he starts going off on like I think the industrial age, and they're like are we still talking about world war one? And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting back to that. <laughs> yeah. And then the kid just walks out. Cause he's like, I, this is not helping me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, apparently I lived a charmed life where, uh, I, I didn't try to change any of my teachers. <laughs> no. Nope. You were too busy being drunk in high school and rushing frats. I, I, um, <laughs> yes, yes. Rushing frats in high school. <laughs> No, first you were drunk in high school, and then in college you were rushing frats. So you didn't do it in either one of those. Um, Fiona, any uh, any any things that you wanted to bring up that we haven't brought up yet? Mm, no, I don't think so. Okay, what's an A level? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I can tell you, but I feel like that would take take some time. Is it like a trade certification? I don't know. Anyway, no, I'll not. Google it. It's fine. <laughs> one of these days. But we didn't really talk about uh, the fact that jazz ballet, uh, jazz ballet becomes Chekhov's jazz ballet, <laughs> considering <laughs> it ends the movie. But yeah, I mean that scene. It's talking, is, it's it is joy. talked at a, a table too, so not necessarily <laughs> under a table, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they bring up jazz ballet like three times, and then they bring up Sazeracs because jazz musicians drank them. And I was like, these guys love I, I, jazz. I, I do feel like I had heard that something about like Mads actually is is the one doing he's a that? trained dancer. Yeah, yeah he's a trained he dancer. He's a dancer. I, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. A that he he's a more. trained dancer because he's he's also a Bond villain all the time in my mind. <laughs> just like 
just like Brian was mentioning at the top, like it's funny to see him in any other role. But like, I'm just like, oh, this guy is a trained dancer. Like, holy shit. He's he's definitely got layers. He has. He's got the, I mean, like, he just looks like one of those guys who definitely would just have, like, like it's like Hannibal. Like, Hannibal's just like, yeah, I speak 17 languages, and I know history <laughs> of everything, and I can do sketches from memory. Like, Mads Mikkelsen was able to pull it off because I look at him, and I listen to him, and I think, yeah, this man can do anything. Yeah. And this movie, this movie proves it, because he's like, yeah, jazz ballet, blah, 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 and then he just does it, and it's <laughs> beautiful. And he can he can be in Rihanna's "Bitch Better Have My Money." Yeah, <laughs> is he? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. He was asked about it. Yes, I, I, he did it for his children. <laughs> okay. Um, this movie is called uh, "Druk." Mm-hmm. Did anyone look up like? Is that so? Is that the literal translation? Because when I looked it up, it was like pressure. Yeah. Cool. I assumed it just meant drunk. Interesting. So that I, I ask, and you know, this is like the final thing we could do, but like I, so I looked it up and in, I guess it's Dutch. Maybe I'm looking under the wrong, uh, Danish. Yeah. So let's take a look. Danish binge drinking. <laughs> okay. Right. That, that makes more sense. Yes. it does. Well, I was like, okay, pressure. I guess that's interesting. Another round makes a little more sense, but Binge drinking makes more sense uh, coming from the Danish. But then there's uh, this this one poster I found that's hilarious because it's just the poster, but instead of another round, it just says drunk. Yeah. <laughs> no, and um, it, it's amazing. In a uh, shower of champagne, right? It's him taking a drink from the champagne and all the kids like cheering him on. And it just says drunk. Yeah. Anyway, uh, perfect, awesome. Um, this has been a great episode. Uh, I'm glad we were able to talk about this movie. That uh, we, even if we all didn't like it to the same extent, we all clearly were able to find a lot of value in, and had a good time talking about. Um, so let's let's uh, work on getting out of here. First of all, don't forget to go to Patreon.com/slash/FilmStateShow to give us your money. Don't forget to go to Mubi M-U-B-I.com/slash/FilmStage for a free 30-day trial of Mubi where you can currently see their first film's first series, which has a bunch of very interesting first films from a bunch of very good directors. And um, yeah, Michael Snydell, what are we talking about next week? I believe actually next week we are talking about uh, One Night in Miami, which, uh, yes, okay, I have this. It is on Prime on uh, in the U.S. and... Other places uh, on January 15th. So, yeah, One Night in Miami, which is based on the um, the play by the person whose name I can't remember. Kemp Powers. That's what it is. Same yeah, problem you so, had last week. I, I know. It's, it's a, Anyways, it's about One Night in Miami, where Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown gather to discuss uh, their roles in the civil rights movement and cultural upheaval of the 60s. I, I've heard there's a lot of dancing in it as well. Oh, uh, awesome. So yeah, that's what we're doing. Mads Mikkelsen? <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen is not in it, but it's a pretty stacked cast. Mads Mikkelsen and Christopher Walken stop in just for one dance scene. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any dancing in it whatsoever. Wow, Michael Snydell <laughs> lying about a movie. I thought that it was in dancing. All Just right, like you he know lied about his past. 
I, yes, I think this is not how this goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, frat boy. <laughs> Don't you have a keg stand to do? <laughs> oh, I can't. I really can't. <laughs> anyway. Just, just so imagine, that's... Michael, you could have the uh, fraternity's branding on you somewhere. Oh, right now. no, no, that sounds terrible. You'd be able to do a secret I, I, handshake I and stopped, get a job. I stopped doing this for a reason. I should not have mentioned this. Uh, it was in <laughs> desperation. I should not have mentioned it. Well, it's too bad because we're never going to let you forget. I have seen too much Dave Matthews Band, or I have listened to too much Dave Matthews Band and seen too much Entourage for entirely uh, one person. Let's put it that way. Okay. <laughs> I would assume that's either of both of those. So that's it for today. Uh, let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now and the next time that they hear from us. Uh, we begin, of course, with our guest, uh, Fiona Underhill. Where can people find your work online? Um, I'm usually on Twitter. So my handle is just my name, at Fiona Underhill. Um, my, well, the website that I am the editor-in-chief of is called jumpcutonline.co.uk. Um, and that's the main place where you can find my writing and the writing of our whole talented team. Um, so yeah, that's it. All right. Bill Graham. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cable BFG. You can also find me on, uh, the Instagrams at Billstagram, um, and just a little insight into me. Uh, I've taken my drinking to a next level by uh, buying special glasses for different styles of beer. So, uh, cheers to that! Being an adult. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know. It's like you know. There's the levels of alcoholism, and so there's like you bit the glasses. You get different kinds. So you have a different drink every night. There's like that concept of I'm not an alcoholic. I'm a collector. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, Michael Snydell. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Snydell, and uh, I'm back to writing. In the new year, I will have a review of uh, the Shutter film Hunted uh, from director Vincent Perinod, uh this er, early this week. So uh, maybe by the time uh, you hear this episode, it should be up on the spool. So you can read me there. As for me, you can find my personal site at brianjrowan.com. You can find me on all the social medias at brianjrowan. And, of course, uh, if you would like to have another round yourself, get the distinctively finished spirits of craft (laughs) craft distillery (laughs) Schmidt Spirits. Uh, If you're in the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area, drop by the distillery any weekend. Um, Blah, 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 whatever. We're talking about drinking in a movie. I have to plug my distillery. Um... But yeah, that is about it. You can find every episode of this show ever produced at thefilmstage.com, along with our writings and all of our end-of-year stuff. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and tune in next week. Hey.